Welcome back. Jeannie and Peter with you. No, don't look at me. Now I am. I, it's my... There's this little estrogen fest going low. on here. I'm just sitting back here. <laughs> nice try. I'm outnumbered now. You're yeah. never just sitting back there. Oh, my goodness. Um, so we are actually looking forward to this segment, Home Care Matters. Um, Lake Sunapee VNA, we have Kathy Raymond, and then her guest that she's brought, Melanie Blazard, hospice RN case manager, and we're going to be talking all things, I think, hospice this morning. So thank you both for joining us. Welcome in. Yeah, yeah. nice to see you guys. And I'm so grateful for Melanie taking some time out of her very busy schedule, taking care of people, to, to join us today. We're going to do sort of a series of hospice informationals from different perspectives on the hospice team. So Melanie is here today to talk about her role as a hospice RN case manager maybe a little bit about what that is, what she does, why she loves it, how she got here, you know, just a, a sense of all things hospice from her perspective as a case mm. manager. So, Melly, thank you yeah. for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, I'm just going to start yakking because that's what nurses do. <laughs> there Best. you go. Um, so, I am a new hospice uh, RM case manager. I just started um, past July. Um, after I retired. <laughs> um, and uh, gratefully, I have realized what a wonderful job being a hospice case manager is. As I am welcomed into people's homes um, in a difficult time, as you can imagine, when someone is at the end of life. Um, what I have learned is that people that care for their loved ones in the home are incredible heroes and um, I am very humbled to be able to be a partner in that kind of situation. It is not an easy job as you can imagine um, and I have learned that loving someone at that level is one of those really big vows that go with the I do, and I've been really blessed uh, to be with those people. The patients or the clients that are on my particular panel, I am incredibly possessive of, and they are now my <laughs> family as well. Um, I am so fortunate, though, as I started at Lake Sunapee, because I work with just an amazing team. So it's not a one-man show at all in hospice. We have um, home health aides that are really doing that task work that really provides incredible comfort. Um, we have music therapy, which I always threaten my patients and their families that I'll sing. <laughs> um, but Grace, my music therapist, tries to tell me I probably shouldn't, although she does <laughs> encourage me. We have spiritual care, social work, so fortunate, um, our management team. Um, again, it's not a job that you can do by yourself um, because as you can imagine, I'm used to a hospital setting where I'm with multiple people. Uh, the thing in hospice, you're sort of um, on your own in some sense with these uh, patients. I don't have a time because a lot of patients, my day would start at 6.30 in the hospital. As you can imagine, in hospice, maybe my lovely patient at the end of their life is sleeping till noon. Yeah. So, you know, it's really being 
thoughtful of um, other people and what has to happen. And my experience um, has just been, I can't even tell you, it's the most satisfying job I've had. And I started nursing, I won't even tell you what year. (laughs) Um, And this is truly the best position that I have had as a professional. Uh, Again, very grateful to be in the situation. And again, hospice does not mean death. Hospice means joy, quality, every day. It is really taking advantage of every minute that we have and making sure that our loved ones can be comfortable, feel good, um, and have dignity. And I think that's critical. You, as a professional, say, no, it doesn't mean death. To us, it means, yeah, it does. So that's what we're thinking. Right. So what kind of an attitude do you have to go in with? You're going into somebody's house, into their world. You're the outsider. So you're like Switzerland. You're neutral. But you've got to go in with some kind of an attitude. It can't be off the wall, upbeat. It can't be somber. How do you how do you armor yourself? Well, so I'm called the sergeant, I think, for a reason um, as a hospice nurse, and that is because I'm um, very clear and in explaining, and it requires a lot of teaching. So that is the thing. It's not a, a one size fits all by any stretch of the imagination, and it's meeting people where they are. I think is what's most important is really being a very good listener, but also being clear on the objective. What is the goal? What is, not my goal. My goal is always something different. I can tell you that right now. I have to be honest. Um, But what is um, the person, it's their choice, their loved one's choice. And it's really about support as much as anything. Letting people get to the place they need to get to Um, in their mind. As you can imagine for a caregiver, meaning it's usually a child, a spouse or something, they say, I want my mother to die at home. I want my husband to die at home. That's lovely and it's not easy though. So my job is trying to keep the ease in the most difficult situation, being clear having a plan, having a roadmap, albeit that will switch up, but also just remembering that it's education all the time. Okay, so how was your night? Well, she didn't sleep. Okay, how did you sleep? So it's really sort of looking at a picture in a different way than just with a stethoscope. It's got some emotion tucked into it. But also using the tools that I have as a nurse regardless, eyes, ears, stethoscope, all those kind of things because when someone's dying, um, their pulse can be high because they're in pain just because they're not talking. So it's really paying attention and um, listening to the caregiver because they know this person a lot better than I do. So it's being thoughtful of them. Yeah, and I think uh, just as you've pointed out, it's it's a unique position because you're caring for the the patient or the client, right. but the support and the guidance that you give to the family um, <laughs> is so valuable too. Um, I've I've watched you know both my mother die and sure. my stepmother, and in those last couple of days, 
it just strikes me that, you know, as we're kind of gathered around her, every, you know, we're looking up on our phones, like, how is this supposed to go? Because there is no textbook. It's not going to follow. No matter how many articles you look up, it doesn't follow the steps. It doesn't go that way. So everything that happens a little different from that, okay, she moved her forearm. What does that mean? What is that? Are things changing? And just to kind of keep, like, be that rudder maybe that helps stabilize the family as they're going through that? Yeah, well, and I think that's an interesting, um, you know, conversation because everybody says, well, when do you think it's going to be? Right. Wendy's and you know there is no crystal ball there is no but there is you know some signs so it's just really being thoughtful of the best you can give to someone because everybody wants an answer anyway of some sort doesn't have to be a defined definite answer Mm -hmm. I think the other thing that I've learned in hospice is many of our patients have been um, embroiled in a healthcare system for a long time already. Mm. So they already have ties to um, uh, maybe a doctor, a nurse practitioner, and just healthcare workers. And so we have to go in and sort of now take over as this is your new normal, so to speak, mm. or your new team. So that development of that strong um allegiance with these people I think is critical because things changed really quickly and you know what let's face it where I'm I personally would like to be immortal so that whole thought of yes I know we all die is really kind of when it's happening it's really it's emotional it's really it's there's sadness there's all kinds of different uh, components other than just okay, here's a sip of water, or here's some liquid medicine because you can't swallow a pill anymore. So it's, what is this meaning? And always being conscientious of the nonverbal signs you're seeing with our our patients and their loved ones. Is there any such thing, this sounds sacrilegious, but is there any such thing as actually having fun? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, okay, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't sound like there's room for that. But yeah, yeah. I'm thinking for the person who is on their way out. Yep. Maybe not so much, but for the the yep. loved one with them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you can you offset and have fun with? Absolutely. Okay. Margaritas on little sponges to go in the mouth work really well. <laughs> so really finding the patients, um, especially their family, if you really pay attention, you'll get little snippets of um, the life they've lived with their loved mm-hmm. one. And mm-hmm. it's really, if you grab onto it, you know, I went into one home and this lovely gentleman, the house smelled so good and I'm like, wow, what is that? And he put his wife's favorite perfume on his handkerchiefs. You know, so, um, you know, there's those little things that if you really listen, you can become part of that. And it's like special. All right. Well, we on that note, we're going to take a very quick break. But If you guys can stay with us for just a little bit longer, we'll uh, we'll keep going. All right. We'll be back in a moment. Thanks. Back and smell the sun, warm up the Georgia pie. It's so good to be taking it easy. Why would I ever 
And welcome back. We are continuing our Home Care Matters segment with Kathy Raymond of Lake Centipede VNA and her guest, Melanie Blazard, hospice RN case manager. And uh, boy, there are, there's no shortage of things to talk about once no. you start opening that topic of hospice. Because as I've said before, there most of us have had some uh, a loved one involved in it or know someone. Um, and just like you alluded to before, when we get into that situation, we start thinking of our own mortality as well. And I think of the caregivers, uh, like, you know, or the, the nurses and, and those who kind of help make hospice possible. Yeah, um, a question occurred to me as we, as we were taking the break. Um, and this is for Melanie, you know, I hear, I hear from people in the community, like how can those, that hospice team is so amazing. I don't understand how anyone can do that work. With, mm-hmm. and, and it must be so awful to know these people are dying and you're going to lose them and their family's going to lose them. So um, I always like to ask hospice providers, like what, it's a special breed of people, of course. Sure. But why, why do you love it? Like, even though it's hard and you know this is going to happen, what is, what is it that you love most about the role you play, Melanie? So again, having been in healthcare for such a long time, I guess I can ask, what do people think taking care of patients even in a hospital is like? So remember when someone is sick, whether they're uh, sick and dying, um, sick with some tragic accident, remember it's sort of not that, uh uh-oh, I didn't want this to happen to me. Uh, so I think just being a healthcare worker in general is really having that ability to think um, it, it's we want to help take care of someone. What I l- really love most about hospice is that someone is in their own home. They're mm-hmm. not in that hospital bed. They, you know, I mean, Lord knows I love all the healthcare workers in hospitals, um, but in the own in your own home, how wonderful if you can keep them in their own bed with their own pillow. With I mean, we all have creature comforts, and I think that that is incredible if we can continue to do that. And what I've also learned in hospice is I don't go in and say, okay, get in a hospital bed, get in an overbed table. I, you know, if someone wants to stay in their own bed, even if it's really low to the ground and I'm kind of tall, <laughs> I will bend over every day. And how wonderful for that patient and that family, right? Think about it. Um, and you know what? I actually don't go home at the end of the day saying, oh, my back is killing me today. I actually have a spring in my step because that is incredible. My mother died at home. And when she was young, many, many years ago, there wasn't hospice. There was me, the nurse. My uncle died at home, though, with hospice. And it was like, wow. Mm. Um, that was pretty impressive. The other thing is I've worked with wonderful uh, physicians that hospice palliative care is in them. And it was like, boy, I want to be them. Meaning I want to be able to make that difference. Um, hopefully in someone's life, but really just as a partner. Um, and just take some of that scary stuff away. Um, you know, hospice nurses have tools of the trade uh, that really help with comfort. Comfort is our thing. But comfort means 
wow, you like ice cream? Me too. Let's have ice cream morning, noon, and night, you know? So um, it's really been a just very fascinating and satisfying job. Again, the group I work with is so incredible. And the other thing, too, is my husband says to me, wow, someone died today. Are you sad? And I'm like, no, it was lovely. It was peaceful. It was comfortable. I did a job well with someone, you know. So that's the wonderful thing. If we are there and we pay attention, uh, death actually is a, can be a beautiful thing, and it as it should be. You know? See, that's what you bring to the table. You say, "I try to make it less scary." No way, it's scary. Right. You have gone through it repeatedly, so you bring objectivity to it. We are with a spouse. So that's my life. Exactly. 20, 30, 40, 50 years. That's my life. It's ending. It's scary. It is. But you bringing that objectivity, I, I'm probably, as the person not in hospice, but as the s surviving spouse or whatever, I'm feeding off of you. You're giving me hope. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're actually addressing two concerns from my p point of view. Yes, and I think that's very true. And that's, again, why having the team is so important. Mm -hmm. uh, because there are, for instance, um, a spiritual care um, team doesn't mean religion, unless that's what it is. It's that other person to talk and listen. You know, so it's really looking at things um, in a whole different light. And actually, we, d we do that in healthcare anyway, and or should. So I think what's important is also what you say. I, I've been just dumbfounded with the person who was married 68 years. I think, what the heck is going to happen to them? Because they're losing themselves right. as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So what do we got to do here along this journey to make sure? Because you're not going to take away someone's sadness, someone's grief. That will be forever. But we have bereavement. We have support. You know, again, uh, Kathy and I were talking about this earlier. My mom died over 30 years ago, and still on the day she died, it's like, whoa, why do I feel kind of blue today? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's yeah. always it's always there, but just really, um, I, I, you know what? I think I just really love the family dynamic, too. What I do, the only thing I miss is now when someone has passed, my relationship is... Sort of ends too, so that's that's sort of my only sort of hmm, okay. Yeah, yeah. I won't tell my boss that sometimes I call to these people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is because you have such a bond with yeah, them, and yeah, you've been yeah. through something so dramatic and traumatic sometimes right. with them, and and you share the ups and the downs, and there is relief in laughing. I remember when we were going through it; yeah. it's very intense, especially in the beginning, and everybody's very somber. And you can only do that as a human being for so long before you need that relief of whether it's an old memory or remember when mom did this. Oh Absolutely. my goodness, that was so funny. Yeah. And you have to be able to laugh and let that out. But yeah. to have someone like you saying, that's okay, she needs to hear you laughing or, you know, just to keep that kind of balance going. Mm. Does, does anybody, as they're, again, heading out, uh, crank up the stereo. Oh, yeah. I want to hear Deep Purple, Margarita, Absolutely. for everybody in the Absolutely. house. Absolutely. You know, just have some fun. Absolutely. 
I can't do the margarita. That's the way I want to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, me too. So yeah. we actually talk about that. I am, What? What have you heard? Uh, yeah. We talked about you oh, already. Okay. Yeah. Um, we, uh, yeah, no, it's actually, that is the time. I have yet to see someone who does not have that joy, mm. including the caregiver. Okay. That's, let's, wait a minute. This is really what she would not like one single bit. Right. So, um, oh yeah, and I can just get a task and bring in a basket. So I'm I have a I have a little <laughs> toolbox of fun that I carry around too. So yeah. Wow, I want your number. Okay. <laughs> you make a talk, girl. <laughs> you making plans? If, if people if people have questions about hospice and about who's eligible, blah, 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 what's the program? What do, what do they do, Kathy? I mean, you can you can go to the website, like org and just kind of read up a little bit about it. And But you can always just call our number, which I always like to put out there, 603-526-4077, and ask when you get someone on the phone that you, you would like to have a conversation with someone about, about hospice care, and whether it's how to get started, or who's eligible, or who's who, who when is it appropriate, and what does it cost, all those nuts and bolts issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and just get started getting some information. And often a physician will encourage it, but not always. So sometimes you have to be proactive and say, I, I want to find out more about this. And that's what I would say. Maybe read up on the website and just give us a call. We're always there. Perfect. Yeah. Well, you know, for, for, look at it. I mean, we're all going to go. Yeah. And, and so go. we all, uh, we've talked about this with our financial people. Do estate planning, do wills, do yeah. trusts. Talk to funeral homes. Talk to hospitals. Have a plan in place. Yep. The, the the worst time to do it is when you're already in a bad place. Right. And now you're scrambling trying to, that's that's the Absolutely. worst time to do it. Yeah. You make your intentions known if you can. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we, uh, of course, are out of time before we're out of subject matter. But thank you both so much for joining us. Yeah, I want to yeah. just personally thank Melanie as a colleague for taking the time um, to come in. It's it's, I can never share what she just shared. Absolutely. Come wow. back, Andy. Oh, I was just sitting here going, wow. Well, thank um, you for having me. It's, I have a sign on my car, so you can find me. <laughs> <laughs> Come back anytime. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks.